0: Greetings friends, I'm John Haspel. This is a Dharma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dharma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you, peace.
1: Uh, So last night we talked about the first foundation of mindfulness or the first frame of reference. Uh, the two are used interchangeably. And that's the, the mindfulness of the breath in the body. And that, that activity, that mindfulness of the breath is necessary to calm the mind so you can start layering on these additional frames of reference or these additional foundations. And we also talked yesterday about mindfulness being not something that's done just in meditation. It's done off the cushion as well. And you can think of mindfulness during meditation as the laboratory. This is where you're getting really familiar with the mechanics of mindfulness so that you can take it off your cushion and use it out in the real world. From a practical standpoint, there's no difference. It's just mindfulness. It has two different modes of of operation if you will one on the cushion one off the cushion and so you don't just become mindful it doesn't just happen i'm going to be mindful today right which is some of the modern teaching i'm going to go be mindful of this that and the other and it doesn't doesn't work that way it takes intention it takes attention and it takes concentration developed through jhana to become mindful And the the, the four foundations of the four frames are not separate from jhana, they are jhana. And so directing your thought to your breath is the first jhana. Evaluating the quality of that breath and the quality of that experience is the first jhana. And so the, the point of mindfulness is to center the mind and make it concentrated on a single point whether it's the breath, the body, the feelings, the thoughts, or the mind in and of itself. So today, sorry, boys, we're going to talk about our feelings. (laughs) We all love that. (laughs) The, The Buddha's words. And how does one remain mindful of feelings in and of themselves? When feeling pain, be mindful that there is pain. When feeling pleasure, be mindful that there is pleasure. When feeling neither pleasure nor pain, ambivalence, or boredom, be mindful that there is neither pleasure, nor pain. When feeling the pain of the body be mindful that there is pain of the body. When feeling pain not of the body, so a disturbance of the mind or a mental event, be mindful that there is pain not of the body. When feeling pleasure in the body, be mindful that there is pleasure in the body. When feeling pleasure not in the body — some excitation of the mind— be mindful that there is pleasure not in the body. When feeling neither pleasure nor pain in the body, be mindful that there is neither pleasure nor pain in the body. When feeling neither pleasure nor pain not in the body, be mindful that there is neither pleasure nor pain not in the body. In this way, one remains mindful of feelings And the arising and passing away of feelings independent of and not clinging to anything in the world. In this way, one remains mindful internally and externally with regard to feelings. This is how one remains mindful of feelings in and of themselves. So what is, what is the Buddha talking about this feeling thing? If we think back to dependent origination, it sits in the middle of dependent origination right after contact. So some phenomena out here has made contact with your sense base that creates a feeling. And from that feeling comes creative inclining and maintaining. So it's honestly, it's the the center point of the whole chain of dependent origination. And when it's distilled down to its base, feeling is only a handful of things. It's either pleasant, painful, neither, internal, or external. So we get wrapped up in our feelings. I feel happy, I feel sad, I feel depressed, I feel this, I feel that, and quite frankly, it's none of those. It's pleasant, it's unpleasant, or it's neither. And we get wrapped up into these narratives and thought constructs that feed into each other. And all of a sudden we're down the rabbit hole with our feelings. Which brings us back to the mindfulness of being mindful of the feelings in and of themselves. They are arising and passing away. You have no control over them. The more you try to control them, the worse they get. Let them be. And so the whole... Frame of reference of being mindful of your feelings is being mindful of them arising and passing away. You don't have to do anything. Be mindful; it's phenomena making contact. It's just electromagnetic waves, right? There's. We'll get into that
2: <laughs>
1: Wise restraint. Mindfulness of feelings leads to a direct experience of the cessation of craving. When I am mindful of my feelings arising and passing away and I am not attaching to them, I can experience cessation in that moment. I've just had a direct experience of the second and the third noble truth. Craving and the cessation of craving in that moment where I watch my feelings arise and pass away. In the Maha Kanda, which is the, the greater discourse on stress For those that have heard that, there's sections in there about the allure, the drawback, and the release of sensual pleasure, form, and feelings. And there's a line in there from the Buddha that says, the only skillful feeling, the only skillful alluring feeling, is the release of craving. Nothing else matters. So when you find yourself wrapped up in a feeling... Let it go. It's not skillful. It doesn't lead to the release of craving. Mindfulness of thoughts. And how does one remain mindful of thoughts in and of themselves? When thoughts are passionate, be mindful that thoughts are passionate. When thoughts are dispassionate, be mindful that thoughts are dispassionate when there are thoughts of aversion be mindful that there are thoughts of aversion when thoughts are free of aversion be mindful that thoughts are free of aversion when thoughts are diluted be mindful that thoughts are diluted and when thoughts are free of delusion be mindful that thoughts are free of delusion here's the three defilements greed aversion and diluted thinking stop running from them they are part of the process And if you hide from them, or you wish you didn't have them, you're right back into greed, aversion, and deluded thinking. Mm -hmm. Until you see that feedback loop, you're going to be stuck in that process. All thinking is captured within the defilements or the lack of defilements, just like feelings. There's nothing skillful about that. The skillful part of diluted thinking and greed and aversion is recognizing that you're in it and letting it go and coming back to the breath and coming back to the frame of reference. It's paradoxical. If you want it to go away, it just stays. Like the feelings, like the breath, watch them arise and pass away they'll do so of their own accord. And there's no judgment here. The only call or the only call to action is to develop mindfulness of thoughts. So those those thoughts that we have that I I wish I could do this or I wish I could be this or this or that or the other, recognizing that in the moment is part of the process and coming back to the breath and letting it go. And the Buddha continues, how does one know delusion? Mark, you asked this last night. Thoughts and actions that contradict the Eightfold Path are diluted. Again, we've talked about this over and over, the limiting nature of the Buddha's Dhamma. There's only a handful of things here. Pleasant, unpleasant, neither. Internal, external. The Eightfold Path. When you're wrapped up in thinking and you're wrapped up in feeling, come back. If your thoughts, your words, your deeds are not in line with the Eightfold Path, again, be gentle with yourself and just come back. Recognizing that you're not in right view, recognizing that your intentions are wrong, that deconditions or reconditions the mind into the right view and the right intent. So the Buddha then moves on into the, the different modes of thought that the mind is capable of. When the mind is constricted, be mindful that the mind is constricted. When thoughts are scattered, be mindful that thoughts are scattered. And isn't it nice to know that scatterbrained has been going on for millennia. We're not special. This is just a feature. It's not a bug. There's nothing wrong with you. This is how the mind works. And when the mind is spacious, be mindful that the mind is spacious. When thoughts are common. Be mindful that thoughts are common. When thoughts are unsurpassed, be mindful that thoughts are unsurpassed. When the mind is not concentrated, be mindful that the mind is not concentrated. When the mind is concentrated, be mindful that the mind is concentrated. When the mind is not released, Be mindful that the mind is not released. When the mind is released, be mindful that the mind is released. In this way, one remains mindful internally and externally with regards to thoughts. And so this mindfulness is is developed and strengthened through concentration and discernment. Discernment meaning I can tell when I'm this way or that way. And how do you develop Concentration and discernment. By being mindful of these phenomena in the mind, conscious or constricted, spacious or scattered, be mindful of it. Discern that I'm scattered and discern when you're not scattered. That develops concentration. By being mindful of the quality of thinking, common, unsurpassed or concentrated, by being mindful of its release. Release from what? Craving. Know when your mind is not craving. Know when it is craving. Pay attention to what's happening in your mind. The present quality of mind. And how does one remain mindful of the present quality of mind in and of itself? One remains focused on the mind, internally or externally, on the mind itself. One remains focused on the origination of the mind... And the arising and passing away of the mind. One knows there is a mind. They remain independent of and not clinging to anything in this world. This is how one remains mindful of the present quality of mind in and of itself. And I mentioned earlier, what is it that you know beyond your senses? You don't. Your world starts at the contact with your sense base. Anything you think is outside of that is a mental fabrication. And so we, we think of the mind in two modes, internal and external, and the Buddha references it here. And you can think of it as external contact and internal contact. but still just the mind. And all of that contact is coming through your senses. It's not coming from anywhere else. It can't. And so your mind originates from this sensory contact with impersonal, impermanent phenomena. It's the same thing with anattā, or the ego. It arises and passes away independent of everything. We talked briefly last night about the point of this practice is to understand the three marks, impermanence, the not-self, and stress. And so this ego that, that rises up and gives us all sorts of trouble, negativity, judgment is just a mental object. It arises and passes away. It too is just impersonal phenomena. So when seen with right view it becomes clear that there's really nothing worth clinging to. It's just impermanent, impersonal phenomena contacting a sensory organ that our mind is making something up out of. That depersonalizes the life experience. It generates dispassion, and it disentangles us from the world, the results of which are calm and equanimity, bringing us into the third and fourth jhanas. Thank you, my friends. Keep rocking. Uh, Let's go around the room. Tracy, you were first.
3: Brian, that was very practical. Thing that was extremely helpful, and I have nothing else to say. And thanks but for I being here. I will take noble silence.
1: Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank you, Slav. How are you?
4: Thank you, Brian. Doing good. Um, I have some question. Maybe you able to clarify? If it's not directly on you. Uh, dharma talk but it's about mindfulness you know uh, we have kind of like two points nowadays about mindfulness one kind of like practice for example if you wash dishes and you're mindful of what you do it's uh, mindfulness and also we very often uh talk about specific mindfulness, refined mindfulness by Buddha. So my question is, what do you think if I do some activity, for example, washing dishes, but at the same time i able to observe my uh, thinking process? Is right mindfulness or it's...
1: I think if you keep it in the context of the Buddha's Dhamma and the four foundations, the, the anchoring point is the breath. And so you can be doing any manner and manifestation of activity, being mindful of your breath. If you're being mindful of the dishes and the dog and all of this other stuff, it it quickly turns into mindlessness. And so having the the foundations helps to to anchor us into that that present moment. Sorry, David, were you going to say something? Oh, you can. Yeah, you can. Of course you can. No, you can't. (laughs) It's my turn. Well, first knows. thing I
0: have to say is, that when I, I hear you teach, I realize what a great teacher I must be. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> well,
3: it's true. <laughs> um, it,
5: this,
3: <laughs> we'll put it on your tombstone. Right? <laughs> we get it. <laughs> it's in the notes. <laughs> wow, what a teacher! <laughs> um,
0: being mindful of washing the dishes when you're washing the dishes is a consequence of right for skillful Dhamma practice, but it's not just being mindful of doing the dishes or being mindful of this or that is not Dhamma practice. It's it's a good thing to do, but we find mindfulness is holding in mind the Eightfold Path as a framework and guidance for this moment. Um,
1: and that's all I'll say on that. I have more to say later.
3: That helps, uh... Yeah. And I yeah, actually think to the this point that Slav made. Sure. It's more of a question than a comment, but um so I too have done mindfulness practices. Um And what it sounds like you're saying here is that because everything arises and passes away, the dishes and the dog, et cetera, um, they're also arising and passing away. And so it's more so just being mindful of all of it arising and passing away versus making the dishes
6: particularly important or the dog particularly important.
1: Absolutely right. You
0: got
3: it. You
1: got it. Okay. Thank
2: you. If it's not supported... By the entire equal
0: path it is a hobby, mm-hmm. it is not right mindfulness, or it's a distraction.
1: Did you hear that?
0: Mm-hmm. A distracting hobby.
1: <laughs> if, yeah. if if mindfulness is not supported by the by old path, it's just a different practice.
2: It's not, it's
0: not, it's not the Dhamma practice. In the framework of the formal truth, it's not right view. Yeah. And it can okay. lead to further distraction and so further stress. And that, that's why they're, they're not skillful practices in relation to the Dhamma. But again, it doesn't mean that people that are talking about mindfulness in this context or that are insincere. It's just different, that's all.
1: Good questions. You good, Slav?
4: Yes, thank you. It's come for uh, my question because my question is not was about washing the dishes. My question about was, uh, yeah, uh, my question was about to, uh, if I notice my thinking process, how it arise mm-hmm. and uh, pass away. Is going to be right mindfulness or not?
1: Yeah, it's but one thank of the thank you. It's one of the foundations, right? So if you're, again, if you're mindful of your breath, you're mindful of your feelings, you're mindful of your thoughts, and you're mindful of your present quality of mind, you've just encapsulated your entire experience. It doesn't matter what you're doing.
3: Right. That's a good way to put it. And we'll talk yep. more about it. Yep. Thank you. It's, ex- it's
4: exactly what I ask and mean, and you confirm it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Wonderful. I don't do that very often. <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> right.
1: Raquel. Yeah, I think we-
7: often hear that um different practices and then comment like people saying like, be mindful of everything we're doing including, including washing dishes mm-hmm. um it's I was wondering about that too if uh, you know, now that we it's, it's it's easier to see it that I'm streaming not percent Aware, I mean, understanding of that concept. Like, mm-hmm. You know, if you're walking, paying you attention, if you're standing, you understand anything, you know that that standing, you a good mind. Yeah. Of so I mean, it's, I know, mean, it's a matter
1: word. It's a matter. No, I think if you, again, if you are mindful of your breath and start there, right in the beginning, like I, I, I didn't focus too much on feelings, thoughts, and quality of mind because it was too much. I didn't have enough concentration. So you've got to get really good on the breath first. And once you get really good on the breath and you've developed concentration to the point that you can keep that in mind, now you can start layering on these other foundations. And I I promise you, if you figure out how to be mindful of your breath, you're going to be mindful of everything else you're doing. It's just easier. And then when when you're able to layer all four of these together, you're just mindful.
3: And then if you think about just breathing and focusing on your breath while you're doing the dishes, think about the things you're not doing, right? right? Now you're not worrying about this and your to-do list and your that and your yeah. brother and your kid or whatever. You're just focused on your breathing. So it has a major benefit for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Right along before you even get to thoughts and feelings. So it's beneficial. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Good question. Cody, how are you?
6: I am excellent. Thank you for the teaching this morning. Um, I, thinking about Slav's um, question and, and concepts from today, um, I mean, the Buddha, he's, he's always talking about awakening, right? And I, I guess I, I was thinking about this last night in, in, in yesterday's class as well. Um, you know, when I'm asleep, I don't decide to wake up. You know, like I just I, I you awaken when you awaken. Um and then you have awareness. Um and lately I think I've been experiencing a, a little more like what I think of as situational awareness. In that, you know, like John was talking about last night, like when you're walking, be conscious of walking. <laughs> when you're sitting, be mindful of sitting. Like I, I found myself in situations where I'm you know, I'm I'm with my family or I'm with a group of people or I'm, and I'm more aware of the entirety of the scene that I'm in than I am of um, even my place in it, my personal egos, you know, what do I need to get from this person or what do I need to say to that person? Um, I'm really just more mindful of existing in that space and taking in what's going on. Um, And uh, that's been really valuable to me, even though there's not, I don't, I I can't like point to a certain thing that's like, oh, it's this principle or it's that principle, or, you know, it's, I don't really have like specific words for it, but um, I know that it comes from my Dhamma practice and I'm super grateful for it.
1: That's awesome well put and I'll tell you what it's it's calm yeah you can when you can be in the middle of the storm and everything's swirling around you and you know you're in a storm and you're still calm that's the beauty of this and you're right you can depersonalize that experience and just be present for everything that's occurring because you don't need it to be different that's a calm and (laughs) calm mind Tom, how are you?
8: Thank you my friend um, yeah, thanks a lot really, really great teaching uh, and also great discussion um since your talk if I put it like that I really really enjoyed some of some of the inputs every um different people provided. Um, I guess the one zinger for me from what you said, which the thing that sort of remained with me was um uh the only skillful feeling is that like truly skillful of course beyond pleasure and and um and um uh pain it is um is the release of craving you know and and that that mm-hmm. means that in some ways Practice can be aspirational as well, right? But in a skillful way, that I guess connects to skillful desire. Um, that we are training, and again, connects to what John often says, which is training for calm. And there's a feeling associated with that, right? Which is actually quite pleasurable. Um, and you know, I I have it every so often when I catch myself from being caught in my mind or caught caught up in feelings. Is that just that uh, that like release? which is which is very, it's pleasurable um, and it's skillful. So it's good to sort of just, at least for me, that's what I really zoomed in on um, in your talk. Uh, so thanks a lot.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Any camera averse? Yeah, not me. Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll skip over you. I was going to skip you on my phone.
1: Julia, how are you?
9: Great. Thank you, Brian, for the mm-hmm. teaching. Um, I love the way you organized it. So thanks for starting with the feelings and going to the thoughts.
1: do um, well, you thank the Buddha for that. I don't know. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Uncle Sid and Uncle Sid Jr. Uh, <laughs> um,
9: I think how this teaching connects for me personally Um I'll start on the thought I, I think my comments are on the thoughts side of it um i think my before the practice i really identified as an anxious person and what mm. anxiety that anxiety meant for me was just like so many thoughts and wanting to think about all the things and have a plan for all the things and really control all the things um, that i could and certainly there wasn't a puzzle i could solve by thinking harder mm. about it um, So now I know that's Dukkha,
7: which is great.
9: But I think that this teaching and our focus on mindfulness helps clarify for me how much more agency I have as a person Mm. when I don't let my thoughts
7: control
9: me or like don't let just like give them, oh, that's just my mental state. I'm just an anxious person. Right. That I think I think that society or I certainly see that as a common way of not just me but sure. many people seem to just put themselves in that bucket and stay there. Absolutely. Um, so I feel really empowered by the practice and. The way that we are
7: able
9: to talk about our feelings and thoughts, and really just keeping it really simple. Mm-hmm. So thank you.
1: Yeah, cool. Do you feel less anxious? Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It used to be the same way.
0: Yeah. I love rabbit holes.
9: Yeah.
0: I just can't wait till I'm less anxious. <laughs> 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 Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Brigid, how are you?
7: Thank you for the teaching. I think that um,
10: I feel like I'm on the verge of another level of understanding of the Dhamma, And I think that this teaching is kind of teasing out some of those areas. So, while I don't have any like fully formed insights, I feel like it's just helpful to See where it's touching on what you could negatively do is a gray area, but I think that it's really more of like a joyful attention, a fortunate attention to the space that is created by calm concentration, in which you can develop wise discernment, in which you can apply the tongue. and. This past week I was thinking a lot about the difference between the things you can change and the things you can't change, and the wisdom to know the difference.
8: And I was thinking about how
10: there's a difference with the Dhamma where we ask ourselves to develop a practice to stay on a path that gives us the space to do that thing, instead of asking a higher power to grant us wisdom or
7: solve our
10: problems. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of what this teaching really is kind of somewhere around that. I not really I haven't really like had this big label moment with it yet. But I feel like it's just kind of <laughs> maybe closing things in, you know, that that limiting, putting those boundaries there and saying, Well oh, this is it. Just keep doing it like this. Mm-hmm. Protect take refuge in it. Protect that space yes. and develop.
1: I think I think there's good counsel there not to overthink as well, and just let things mature as they mature when they're ready to mature. Um, we have a propensity to rush. I, I sure did. I, I tried to think my way through this. And I just I promised myself in the beginning I wouldn't do that. Uh, so, and you're right. This this practice is we say simple. <laughs> It's not it's not simple in practice it's simple in concept and maybe not even that right until you get further and further into it but it is just these few things I'm diluted I'm not diluted I'm in pain I'm not in pain right it, it becomes very binary and you're right the more you develop the practice the the easier it becomes to strengthen that muscle. Zach,
11: how are you man? very well' Feel fortunate to. Part of the sangha and uh, just excellent excellent teaching really well structured and thank you yeah um i guess i'm, I'm picking up on just something that cody said which matt mentioned yesterday which i also feel and understand because I'm, i believe matt said last night that this this practice isn't about language right it's about experience and That's so right. we try to Figure out which part of the practice, is, you know, has a hold on us and is allowing us to experience as we're experiencing. It really does defy language and and it's beyond that, you know, far beyond that, and you know, I just again I'm seeing myself experience. I'm you know, not even saying that I experience things so differently now than. I had just a few months ago, and this morning the dog, you know, in the park ran away, and I had no idea where it was for forty-five minutes. You just like, and it was. it was be just, okay, right? just what it was. Yeah, it didn't need it to be any different, and he uh, <laughs> was just at home. <laughs> so, so was I.
1: It's great, thank you. you, want, you want to go, John, you're going to come
11: back. Oh,
0: I I have something to say. Mm-hmm. I know you yeah. uh, do. That was, it really was an <laughs> outstanding teaching. Um, I was particularly touched by how you tied it into dependent origination. And some of you probably haven't heard that the teacher some Sutta, but dependent origination is what we were, we're awakened to, and I won't get into that. we talk about that a lot. Um, but it's not, it's something. I have a comment to say about everything that everybody else said, so I'm going to talking about this. A few things. Um, Tom was talking about, as we deepen our concentration, I'm I'm going to paraphrase what he said, Tom, if it's okay. Um, We get to feel calm. I know that's not exactly how he said it, but it's a different type of... uh, it's a, it's a different way of feeling when we're doing it framed by right view. And so in other suttas, and this one too, we talk about the difference between being sensitive to something, which is using our senses as they're intended, framed by right view. And so now we're not chasing after some kind of feeling in meditation. It's just being sensitive to recognizing, yeah, there's calmness. Uh, rather than grasping after, uh, which is indulging in sensuality, I want to have—I want to have a sensual experience, I mean, I feel something, rather than just let what's occurring be. Um, and then just two more things, and and just to mention it, to be mindful uh, <laughs> that to, of the full cycle of the breath—the in breath the in-breath and the out breath. A lot of times we get focused on. Breathing, and we just get to that first breath, and we don't really pay attention to the exhalation. But that's tying us into the entire life cycle of everything. Everything arises and passes away, including ourselves. Uh, and then the last thing I would say is we, we got to figure out how to incorporate that fifth foundation of mindfulness. Laura talked about that <laughs>
1: almost said it at the end of it i'm like no it's not it's not (laughs) the right time for that i'm not gonna do it i'll say it i know uh jane thank you brian i always enjoy Um, for me personally prior to my practice
10: i was
7: craving not to have the thoughts I had and the feelings. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the skill I needed to be able to stop the thoughts and the feelings. And through the practice, I gained wisdom that the thoughts and feelings are there. It's mm-hmm. it's the impermanence. It's the breathing. It's like the breath. They arise pass and pass away. brings great calm from that.
1: Yeah, yeah that's the, the 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 beauty the beautiful irony just got to let it be. It goes on its own. Thank you. Raquel. Hi. Thank you. I mm-hmm. um, just want um, to add to you. saying
7: that um, it's, uh, you know, before starting this, I was very anxious, very, um, that's something, you know, how I could change things all the time, not accepting things, the way we, really, you know, we're very hard to focus, very hard to process, right? just, still working on those things, but yeah. the practice is helping me to see things in a different perspective and,
1: and really that's great. Thank you so much. Mark, how are you? I'm good.
7: I just want
1: to
5: know about uh, the dishwasher liquor that we showed.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. Just be mindful of it. Mindful suds.
7: <laughs> there
1: should be a marketing thing there. For
7: sure.
0: Right? For it <laughs> it does <laughs> In your career, so. <laughs> I so just
7: wanna
5: say, I guess, a prayer and a
0: thought. Becky, Becky mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, now that you mentioned it, I like us all just to stay here after our class is done. But I'll give Jenna a call, maybe we can, yeah. if she's at next to Becky, we can say hello. Yeah. Um, just one more information, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that, I, that, that's exactly that. It, you know, permanence mm-hmm. intervene and Jen can't be here to teach and Becky can't be here to contribute. But that's what happened in human life. There is neutral. I
5: have a bunch of thoughts, but I guess I'll save some of them for, um, for lunchtime. But um, I, this, this seems like well, first of all, thank you. I really enjoyed the teaching and everyone's comments. Um, just one more way to, to, to that I like to think about um, the uh, pleasantness and unpleasantness of everyday things. It's one of the philosophers that, that we follow, he said like this, like we, we tend to always try to attract something that makes us feel good and push away something that makes us feel bad. And it just continuously sends us um, in this an emotional rollercoaster, right? If we get out of that mindset or manage to that, uh that tendency to do, searching for good, pleasant, and pushing away unpleasant, then we can be more stable, we can be emotionally more stable and just be more calm. I think that's to me when I heard that years ago that, that was a was, was a part of a revelation. Easier said than done. Right? because that's what we don't
0: hear. That's right. And it's much easier with a with the skillful practice that actually brings us there. You know, we, we know what we need to do. It's not really all that complicated. And Brian, I, I never heard a more uh, simplified explanation of this, that it all just comes back to that in-breath and the out breath. Thank you. Laura,
1: how are you? Thank you, Brian. Um, yeah, for your
7: really
9: straightforward and... <laughs> practical but very calm whenever you talk about the devil, I mean, you're, even when you were giving the guided meditation, I was like oh, his voice is so
1: yeah, the face for
11: radio
9: <laughs>
11: <laughs>
9: and um, yeah, thank you everyone for sharing all of your insight, and Bridget too what you brought up about um, Kind of what I was raised with, which is, you know, may God grant you the serenity to, you know, change the things or accept the things you cannot change and then the courage to change the things you can and those make the difference. But then this practice, you know, it's like I always grew up with that, you know, as a little girl, but it's like I never really understood how or why, you know. What does that really mean? So, when you bring it back to something like Satipatthana, I was going to ask you about this.
10: Can you um,
9: can you talk a little bit about why why like Satipatthana? is not just this non-reactive awareness of what's going on and being mm-hmm. present with oh this is happening. I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. This is you know, something I can change. And mm-hmm. Developing that insight, but it's more—it's much more than that, right? What you're talking about it's when you said intent. Mm-hmm. You know, that really resonated with me too. It's about intention and um, yeah, again being sure. mindful of um, when, I'm, when I'm stuck in this feedback loop, like, averse to the aversion, like Raquel <laughs> was saying, like. Or even jane you know mm. i can just stop these bad feelings from happening right you
1: know, yeah it really comes down to one thing i can distill it even further in this moment is what i am doing or thinking skillful or unskillful yeah and what's that mean if i am unskillful i am creating harm to myself or others if I'm skillful, I'm not harming myself, and I'm not harming others. Mm-hmm. The entire eightfold path, all those rights right view, right intent mm-hmm. being skillful about that, having the right view about myself and others means being non harmful to myself and others, being gentle look to myself and others, mm-hmm. having That's the right intention,
9: especially internally, right? Absolutely, internally, not doing that to other
7: people. It's like you it could be internally.
1: Yourself. And once you stop harming yourself, you stop harming others. Mm-hmm. It starts with you first. That's the beauty of all this. Like take take God out of it; it becomes way more empowering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, more, it's you. Yeah, it's so. Nobody's coming to save you. Right. So be it's be serious. skillful in this moment. Whether I'm if I'm averse, that's not mm-hmm. skillful. Recognizing that I'm in aversion is skillful, and then right there, you've developed concentration and discernment. It's binary. This whole life experience is binary. It's yes or no. Skillful or unskillful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Appreciate it.
11: Okay, a question. Sure. So I hate to give it this personal experience, but again, this morning I'm in the woods, trudging around looking for the dog. I'm not experiencing aversion, but I'm also not noticing. Maybe I am noticing. Not being a version. I think you just did. You just
7: said
1: it. Mm-hmm. I guess aware, it's
11: just. But... I'm not. It's not. It's not something where I'm saying. It's like, very where subtle. Where I'm. Where am on my. You know, the cushion. I'm saying. Okay. There's a horizon, sure. I'm just noticing the presence of calm, but I'm not having to say it to myself. You don't have. To awareness it. of it is that's right.
0: Is, it's are it. I was gonna say awareness is enough. Awareness is it. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what we're striving for. Yeah. Okay. Again, it's it's beyond language, right? There's there's a knowing that doesn't require words. You know if you're a or you're not. You don't have to talk about it to yourself.
11: Right.
1: Then you're back into deluded thinking again, right?
11: Yeah. <laughs> I guess just that's that's really where I Started and, and on my mat. Sometimes I, yeah, again when yeah. I actually say it to myself, that really brings me sure. back into
1: the practice. It's it's harder off the cushion, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why we we spend time on the cushion twice a day developing this practice, so that it does become
0: clearer when we're on. <clears throat> oh, good. Um, yeah, with this discussion about you know, <clears throat> how
5: having this. That,
0: you know, uh, when you hear the text of, of the, the Requiem, like, God mm-hmm. grant him eternal peace, mm-hmm. and you know, like our reaction is, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I'll have this right now. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: but uh, thank you for this teaching. Um, this to me, it was like watching
0: a really skilled carpenter at work, mm-hmm. cutting dovetails, mm-hmm. you know, marking things out, and then
2: making the cut and cleaning it up again, and then fitting it. Just, it just—it was, was—it was the pleasure to
5: to be the um, Thank you. Um, I'm going to have to run this one through the printer. Go back to
1: it. I've uh, got a copy if you'd
6: like.
0: I not Okay. Um, it's just um, not that the words of the Buddha aren't sure pared down already. Right. And, and clear. But,
1: but they're almost pared down so much. You're like, well, okay, obviously. But so what does <laughs> that like really mean, yeah. right? Uh,
7: and it, but it didn't take much, no. right? It,
5: it's um, it's there. Yeah, we shine a, a, a little a slightly different light on it from this angle from
3: that angle. Thank you. Thank you. Great teaching. Um, it's just, you know, really valuable to hear things we've heard before in a different voice. It, it helps to bring it alive and give us little nuggets. Um, when I first started, one of my challenges as labeling my brain is very black and white was that um, John didn't speak in black and white. It was either, it was the negative, but I don't mean negative, almost like a negative of a of a photograph, right? Mm-hmm. It's the absence. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's the dog, the situation doesn't even matter, um, which is why we don't often talk about our individual, oh, you know, situations because the dukkha is dukkha and it's what's, you know, coming from you. But with the awareness of um, the four foundations of mindfulness, also comes the awareness of what falls away. And we will talk about that more tonight, but it's what falls away. And so some of your direct experience is bumping into something like with the experience of the dog as to what wasn't happening Mm -hmm. and the awareness Mm -hmm. um and maybe that's what god meant is god grant them the awareness (laughs) (laughs) to see for themselves Mm -hmm. that i'm not reacting the way i might have reacted about losing the dog because i think we can all go right there in that moment with how that feels um and to experience what you're not feeling is a large part for me anyway of the practice Absolutely. i'm not doing this anymore uh, oh isn't that interesting this yeah and sometimes you don't even notice it in the moment you notice it later where you go it's not funny that <laughs> that just worked out mm-hmm. i didn't do this that or the other thing wow isn't that interesting and that's when you, yeah. you don't have to save yourself, okay? Right. You're experiencing your practice. And you're open to it, and you're being aware mm-hmm. and alert about how you're living your life. You're in right view, you know? So, anyway, very clear. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, it's, it's um, it starts out with this this gross these gross aspects, right? Where I'm, I'm seeing the things I'm doing, and then it becomes more and more subtle mm-hmm. to what I'm not doing. And it's just that refinement
2: that we we'll practice through hey if you think of like what zach was talking about and compared to what he may have done eight months ago why isn't she picking up what's happening to that dog i'm angry i'm panicked and instead still upset about the dog but get this clarity and that's the difference Mm -hmm. you know the context mary's talking about right view it means that your the context is the formal truths it's not outside that if it's outside that it might be even something good but it's not sustainable Mm -hmm. it's not something that you can develop what's there to develop if you're not inside Formal truths, so context is everything. You know, stay in that pocket mm. of, of what this practice is. When someone says, "When you hear that banging of the drum," you know, it has to be supported by the full beautiful people path. That's what we're talking about. Just stay in that pocket. Don't go outside of it. You know, stay what they in did the the They mm. made it a contemplation. Right.
1: Meditation practice. That's not what it's for. Right. So. Stay in your lane. Good advice. Mm-hmm. I think that's everybody.
0: Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dharma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.